Do you ever feel like the same issues are showing up in your relationship over and over again? Well, it could be based in some old trauma. And today's guest, Orit Krug, dance movement therapist, shows us how dance can have the power to help us process and release old trauma and open us up to love in a brand new way. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. But you can have a legendary marriage filled with passion, fun, and adventure together. That's why each week we share stories and ideas about building a life, a love, and a legacy together. And at the end of every episode, we challenge you to find a time with your spouse to build more intimacy and connection by having conversations that matter. Welcome to episode 194 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast with Danielle welcome. and Justin Williams. Hey, how you doing? Hi, honey. We're your hosts, and today we're sharing our conversation with dance movement therapist Orit Krug, who shares some of her trauma story, how she discovered dance movement therapy, and how we can all use dance to process and release trauma that's keeping us stuck and sabotaging our relationships. And dance is fun. I feel like we need some sort of a dance montage break, footloose style insert at this point, but I guess that doesn't really work on a podcast. Well, I mean, <laughs> pre-pandemic, you and I used to go out on, on Friday I nights. Know. Not every Friday, but, you know, we would go out and we'd go to the dance place. and The dance hall. The dance hall. When we were feeling saucy. The country dance place just up the street from us. I know, um, and we miss that. And... Yeah. But uh, we do I know don't. the power of movement together. Like sure. I know we're we're taking a little bit of a different turn in, in this conversation with Arit, but but part of our MO, what makes us um get back on the same page, get back in the groove, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is when we move together. Yes. I'm I'm not saying it in a sexual way but well, I mean, when we that do way. that too that kind of movement's good too <laughs> no um yeah we talk about this uh often but the physically moving has a way of helping you process emotional stuckness individually or as a couple yeah so one of the things that we'll do often is We'll, and we'll probably do it tomorrow if it's not raining, is hit the trail. Well, it is such nice weather right now. Yeah. It's I love that fall weather where it starts to get cold. And I know we live in Texas, but yeah. theoretically where it gets cold and the leaves are crunchy, I still am a northerner at heart, I think. Wow, this is totally off track from where I was. Well, I'm just saying I enjoy the hike and it's hard when it's 100 degrees to go hiking together. Yeah. But we love it. It's kind of like part of our magic, honey. Yeah. Yeah. And why is it? Well, I I think it's you're headed in the same direction. You're walking shoulder to shoulder. You know, we can we can take things that we've been debating or or arguing about and put them out in front of us and kind of figure it out when we're moving. We never argue. Yeah, we do. That was meant to be a joke because I'm arguing about it right now. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> but um, so, so you know, when we got connected with Orit, like the whole notion of dance, movement, therapy, mm-hmm. like really resonated. 
So I thought it was just a fascinating conversation. Well, I'm excited to share it. I, I like I love that idea of therapy too, because I know a lot of people can be intimidated by the idea of just talking through things. Yeah. But if there's especially men, I know you always say this too, is like men need to be doing something and moving. Are you um, with me guys? Like <laughs> we need something to focus on. Some activity, right. some so movement. Like, it's it's interesting because so many times there there used to be uh, experts that would say, you know, men have fewer words than women do. And I would say, um, put those guys around a campfire yeah. and you can't get them to shut up. Or on a put golf them, course. Put them out on a golf course. Put them out on the trail. Put them on a, on a bike. Put them where there's movement or energy or something to do. Yeah. A shared experience. And... It's hard to get them to shut up. Like it, we guys open up when we're when we're moving, and so yeah. it's become kind of a rhythm for us. And it was a natural kind of a conversation with Orit. Well, it's really great. Okay, so Orit Krug, she is dance movement therapist. So she's on the show today. I can't wait to get to our conversation. She just talks about using dance yeah. to rewire us to love. Yes. Um, because a lot of that old. Um, trauma and things like that can get in the way of our relationships. So she's talking about rewiring us for love through dance. Yeah. So it's really exciting As a therapeutic modality. I love it. Like she works with clients at using dance as a way of, of doing this. So All right. it's, it's fascinating. It's absolutely amazing. Okay, let's get to our conversation yeah. with Orit Krug. All right, you guys, we are so glad to have Ori Krug on the show today. And I feel like we really need her message right now more than ever. Um, her message of overcoming and processing through the trauma of your childhood, even using movement to uh, do that to help us. Uh, I was just telling her, I think that we were all suffering from some sort of trauma right now. Our children yeah. are um, six and eight, and they are living through the, <laughs> I, is it trauma in the moment or is it like future trauma of the whole pandemic thing? Like, I guess it's trauma. They're living through it right now and they are processing it already and I don't know if it's the healthiest ways. So, Ori, we're so glad to have you on the show today to get us to process through this in a healthy way so that it does not damage our relationships. Welcome to the show, Ori. Hey. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. So, this is, we always have a podcast guest on the show and we can pick their brain and get free coaching. So, this is why we have Basically, a podcast, yeah. right, Justin? Okay, yeah. cool. So Arit, we had we had kind of started to roll out to our daughters the whole like you might be staying home from school in the fall thing, and it's it's just a sad time in our house right now. It's just it's just what it is, you know. You gotta you gotta be sad. You gotta feel what you feel. And my youngest daughter, she went downstairs and she pulled up all this like sad music on Alexa. <laughs> and then my oldest daughter, she's like, "Can we just go on a hike?" Like, so I feel like your your idea of moving through the trauma is so powerful and it just comes to some people but to others it doesn't even occur to us why is it important to move right now more than ever for sure and i just want to clarify not my original idea so oh uh, we were gonna give it to I, you I, I, want, I want to take credit but no, <laughs> um, i'm a board certified dance movement therapist and it's a it's a it's a real career credentialed psychotherapy that's been around for 
um, not that long, but it's been around for a little while. And um, yeah, moving through the trauma, moving through trauma in general, whether it's like the situational thing we've got going on right now, or um, for a lot of people experiencing childhood trauma, relationship trauma, um, because when we go through, when we experience trauma or high stress events, that verbal high functioning part of our brain actually goes offline. And so the trauma is stored in our bodies and it's stored not in words, but in fragments of sensations, which is how the memories are stored. So the only way to really access deeply stored trauma is through the body and the language of the body is movement. And that's why it's important to move, to access and release it. Wow. This is, yeah, this is just like kind of one of those mind blowing things where you're like, wow, is that really like, how does it store in your body? Like do people sometimes have excess, like, you know, chronic pain or, you know, things like that. Like, are there real ailments that go along with these stored memories? Um, so definitely kind of the longer we hold on to it, it's more common to have, these unexplained medical illnesses or pain or like a lot of people with uh, unresolved trauma that they're holding in their bodies feel a lot of tension, really popular places in their neck and their shoulders. And um, in the, in the book, the body keeps the score. Uh, Dr. Vanderkoek talks about like, even if your mind is like, I'm good, I'm fine now, you know, that stuff's in the past. If you still have trauma in your nervous system, in your body, and like there are these triggers in your environment that are setting that off or reminding you of that past your mind could be like yeah i'm I'm all good i'm all safe you know in this relationship Mm. or in this situation but what your body is doing is constantly registering threats and danger in the environment which increases cortisol and weakens your immune system and so like these people who've gone to like many, many different appointments. They're getting nowhere with doctors. Um, you know, they, it's, it's not something I can be like, this is absolutely tied to it, but there is a correlation between unexplained medical illnesses and unresolved trauma. Yeah. That's so interesting. Like, how did you find this out? How did you find this to be true in your life? Um, how did you realize that this was even a thing? Yeah. Um, so I do have my own personal story, um, where I was, I was in talk therapy for a little bit over three years, went week after week. Um, and it was helpful to an extent in just raising awareness in, in my mind about this is the stuff that I went through in the past. And, you know, by the end of that journey, or really I ended that journey when, I met my partner who's now my husband. So a lot of the stuff that I did have to work with was uh, through was childhood trauma around, you know, I grew up around really aggressive, unpredictable men in my family. I had been in a lot of unhealthy, emotionally unavailable relationships. Like I really had never experienced what we call and know as healthy love. And so when I met my husband, um, about seven, seven years ago, I was three years into talk therapy and I was sabotaging our relationship. 
And I knew it was because of my past trauma because I, I, I could just connect the events from my past to the insecurity that I was feeling, to the jealousy, to my like urges to control him and to, um, you know, just like these uncontrollable reactions that I had in my body whenever I got triggered. Um, and so it was that at that point, um, I had been in talk therapy for three years and about a year into us dating, he broke up with me. And mm-hmm. I don't think I mentioned this, but the, the reason why I was so sabotaging our relationship because he was so different than anybody else, like any other person I've ever been with. He was really calm. He was really predictable, not like in a boring way. Um, and, you know, he was just amazing. And I was like, who is this? Who is this man? You know, because that was that was no one I ever really knew growing up. And so I was just waiting for him to explode or for him to show his, you know, his true inner monster. And um, that never happened. And I was just waiting for it to happen. And I was pushing his buttons. And I just wanted to see that so that I could basically protect myself from getting hurt. Um, so I knew what I was doing. I pushed him away. And the, the night that he broke up with me, I was like, I have to do something different. Like I've been talking about this for years. Um, I had just graduated with my master's degree in dance therapy. And I was like, I think I need some of that. Wow. So you were already studying some of the dance therapy now okay for those of us that do not have any clue like we've never gone through what is dance therapy obviously like so justin and i um every once in a while on a date night we'll go two-step yeah at like a local honky-tonk place that is our dance therapy we haven't been in a while (laughs) well it's close (laughs) um it will open again someday um but uh what is dance therapy yeah that's a good question the real Uh, dance therapy the real not the honky-tonk dance therapy. not the honky-tonk dance therapy yeah we could we could coin that honey maybe we could get with our read we could make like a special texas version of da- dance I, therapy? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's already part of it. Okay, come on. Great. <laughs> yeah, refocus. Something now. Um, so the most simple way that I would say it is instead of going into an office and talking about what's going on, what happened in the past, what's going on now, um, instead of being in that verbal realm, we gently, safely help our clients connect to their bodies. Um, because that is where the source of the trauma is. That is where the trauma is stored. Um, that's usually what's going on in a lot of people who have survived trauma. They're disconnected or they're numbed from their bodies because it's like, I don't want to go there, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's it's initially really important to just gently, safely connect. Maybe it's just through really simple movements and just establishing like it's okay to be in my body. And then through different sort, like different qualities, I'll call it qualities of movement um, and moving in, in the therapeutic relationship, like whatever dynamics come up. So maybe um, what often comes up is like, we do this thing called mirroring at, at sure. like the beginning of um, a dance therapy, therapeutic relationship. And something that 
a lot of times comes up is if someone, so if a client is, let's say leading a movement and it can be any movement, there are no rights or wrongs here. It's just what your body wants to express in the moment. And they're supposed to really be connected in the relationship through moving together. Cause as the dance therapist, we're always moving with the client as well. But what often happens is they disconnect, like they go somewhere else and they're kind of like, oh, I wasn't even really here. Like my body was doing something and I follow, I kind of followed the directions, but I totally disconnected. And that could often be the fear of being seen in their bodies or just the, like the fear of connecting mm -hmm. to someone else, like truly, because when we're connecting in words, when we're talking about, um, even when we're talking in talk therapy, we're really good at filtering what we want to say and what we don't want to say. But when we're moving our bodies, unless you're a dance therapist, you don't really know what you're communicating, you know, because movements mean things. Like we are trained in um, analyzing movement behavior. And you can't really filter out like, oh, I want to say this in my movement and in my body, but I don't want to say this. So it's real. It's like we see the real you really quickly. So that can be why someone close. checks out. Hmm. How close to some of the somatic experiencing work uh, or how familiar are you with that? Like, Because what you're talking about sounds pretty you know, familiar to uh, uh, Levine, uh, Peter Levine his work with somatic experiencing. Yeah. So, um, there are definitely elements that cross over, but the piece that is really unique about dance therapy that isn't in, in somatic experiencing typically, at least that I know of is the dance and movement part. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, we can feel the sensations coming up in our bodies when there's a certain emotion or whatever is happening. And that absolutely is a part of dance therapy, but it's a whole different transformational experience to have, to get to this place where you're moving freely, like you're really releasing your trauma and you can move your body freely and confidently and really be comfortable in your own skin, no matter how you're expressing yourself. And um, the piece about moving as well is that every movement that we do represents a different kind of behavior. So a lot of people um, who have experienced trauma, when we first start to move together, they're really close to their bodies. They don't feel comfortable like taking up space in their movement. And so like that's just one really really small example. So for someone in their relationship who feels afraid to speak up, who plays small and, and actually feels neglected in their relationship because they're not talking about their needs, um, that's going to be shown in their movement. That's going to be shown in the way that they, you know, express themselves. And it needs to be a gradual, safe process of like helping them open up in their movement and taking up space. And it's, just creates such a shift. So to do that on that level and with really any other behavior, like you can feel more powerful. Like if you have never been able to have a sense of power <clears throat> in your relationships, excuse me, <clears throat> you can 
create that. Like you can create that shift in your body by putting more weight into your movement by putting more strength into it. So it's like anything that you want to be this new way of being, you want to be in your relationship and in yourself, you actually, we actually need to shift that through our bodies first because the mind can say, I want to feel more powerful or I want to speak up more or I don't want to throw things the next time I have a fight, but that's a nervous system reaction and that's a trauma response. So the mind can say that for, for years and people do spend years talking about how they want to change because of their trauma. But until your body's actually on board, the behavior, you know, you won't really be able to follow through with the behavior if that trauma is still stored in you. It's so interesting to me because, you know, we, uh, we have these kind of, I'll put it into three dimensions, the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional of, of who we are and how we show up and how trauma impacts us and how we express it and live it out. And there, there's, there's often been, especially in the Christian community, so much focus on the spiritual, right? Like inviting God to heal me and, and praying through that and, and that. And then, then I think AA kind of birthed out of that, but with a, with a, with a, a kind of a practical, the 12 steps, um, and, and then in the last, you know, really in the last decade or so, we've started to understand more about brain, how the brain works and the, the chemistry of it and how that impacts the, the emotional piece. And I, I'm just, I'm so fascinated by the movement because like we know about a little bit about body uh, language and how you mentioned, you know, when you're communicating with words, we're filtering, but right. we also, we can also tell so much by eye movement, by posture, by body language. And so just the extension of that into actual intentional movement has me really curious. Yeah. Um, first thing I'm wondering, the, the guys are, who are listening are going, okay, dance. I'm like, you know, most guys are like it, it, dancing, you know, I, I don't know. Do you, is, is this, is this kind of form of therapy? Uh, do you see more women or men or both? Um, yeah. And is Speak it effective with both of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's effective with anyone who has a nervous system. So that's everybody um, because, because we all have an equal neurophysiological capability or ability to, to rewire. Um, I personally, like my team and I personally work with more women. We have worked with some men, but um, before my online days where I was working in um, psychiatric hospitals and clinics, I mean, it was men, women, yeah, anything in between. And yeah, there, there's not just, I mean, first of all, there's not just resistance with men because it's, it's also like, like I was saying before, when you have trauma stored in your body, you don't, yeah. you don't want to go there because it, it feels scary. Um, and because people have had negative experiences and, in, in other types of therapy where it's like, you just have kind of stirred up the trauma and you feel it, oh. but you don't, you don't do anything of it. Um, so it's like, the self-protective mechanism 
that lives within us is like, nope, don't, don't go there. Um, and a lot of people are like really holding everything in Yeah. and they feel like if they connect to their body or even move, it's going to like let out some it's kind close, of yeah. beastly, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and you can't rein it back in at that point. <laughs> right. And that's You're not, afraid. unfortunately that, that does happen in the wrong settings. Like, um, I've worked with clients who've been like, I went on this retreat and it was like five days of, of even dance, like people doing dance-esque things. Um, and they're like, I just feel, I feel worse. It brought back my trauma because if we don't do this in a way that is safe and gentle, um, you know, it, it's kind of like if you hear punch a pillow or, or scream into a pillow and get your anger out, there's good intention behind that advice. But really what, with that, like if that's all you do to try to release anger, you're actually just, you're, ner- you're training your nervous system to go into that fight response mm-hmm. only like just so that you can feel calm again. And that shows up in your relationship. Like you have to yell at your partner just to relieve that anxiety. And that's not rewiring, that's releasing in a way that's, um, that's unhealthy for the relationship. Do you know the top three problems that married people face? Number one, having the same stupid fights over and over. Wait, didn't we just have this argument yesterday? Ugh. Number two, your conversations are transactional and devoid of any fun. Your reading spousal relation let us complete our regular duties and return to our charging stations. And this is the biggest one. Number three, you haven't had sex or it hasn't been good. Wait, what? In so long, you've started calling it me time. Are you on your phone? Are you done yet? Does any of this sound familiar? Because if so, you're not alone. You know that marriage can and should be full of passion, fun, adventure, and laughter, but most couples end up in the roommate zone. Not what I signed up for. Whatever has you in the roommate zone, we want to help you break out. All you have to do is go to soulmateschallenge.com and register today for the Roommates to Soulmates Challenge, and you can reignite the intimacy and connection in your marriage in just five days. Don't believe us? Try it. Register today at soulmateschallenge.com. It's free and could transform your marriage forever. And we have a money-back guarantee. And free? Well... You mentioned like people having the trauma, the stress, the stuff trapped in their bodies. Like how does someone come to the point of going, you know what, this thing in my elbow or my shoulder or whatever, I, I, I think this is, this is a somatic, this is a, a traumatic uh, piece captured in my body and I'm going to call Orit. Yeah. For some people, it's intuitive. Like they're like, oh, I, I just know. Like I just know it's in my body. I feel locked. I feel like I'm living in a prison within myself. And they're like, I need to release that. You can just feel that. Um, other people, as I was saying before, they've gone to a lot of different doctors and um, tried a lot of different things. And they just haven't felt any shifts. Or maybe they did, but it's back. And yeah. You know, you, you either can feel it and you know it, or it's just like, there's this pain that's not going away and there's just no other explanation, especially for those, um, diagnoses that don't really have those medical explanations like fibromyalgia. They don't really know why 
why that exists. Um, I'm wondering too, like um, you said that you guys had a breakup because you knew that you had to deal with this trauma and it was unresolved. And like, once you started to do the dance therapy, like what changes did you see in your love life? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I was already at a point where I knew what I needed to do. Like I knew that I needed to not send an angry text when my partner didn't come home at a certain time, um, whatever like rule I set on him at that point. Um, I knew I needed to stay connected and not ignore him whenever, you know, we got into a disagreement. So it's like the shift wasn't, um, I already had the awareness. The shift was that I could actually follow through. Like I wasn't just saying that I was going to do these things and be better. I actually could, to change these patterns that I've had for a really long time. Um, and I gotta, I'm going to stop you cause that's such, that's such an important distinction. Mm-hmm. We talk, I talk about this with clients all the time, right? Like it's not that you don't know the things that you want or need to do in order to accomplish the goals mm-hmm. that you have or to, to heal your marriage or make it better or whatever. It's, it's, we hit this wall where we go, I know the things that I want to do or I need to do and I'm not doing them. Or I can't, or I and, feel like and, I'm, and to, yeah. And to, to look at this at dance therapy as a way of, of climbing over that wall of awful, so to speak, climbing past that, breaking through that, to, to create the freedom, it, that's really significant. Like that, that really, the way you said it just really hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's, that is the power of, of the work is like we can spend so much time and money and energy on talking about how we want to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that a lot of times for people is the session and the therapy itself, right? Like yeah. talking and thinking about this is what I want to do differently. But when we actually do the work through movement in our bodies, it's like, like I think I was saying before, if you want to be like, if you want to restrict yourself from sending an angry text, like, like that was something that I had to do. Um, what does that look like in your body? Like, what would that feel like without actually, so the point isn't to just like shut down your expression or your feelings, but it's actually like, what does that feel like in your body and how would it feel to just like move with it? And, um, not control it, but regulate it. Mm. You know, something that, um, something that I do with clients is a lot of times we have this kind of zero, you know, especially in trauma, like this zero to 60 response, Mm -hmm. like one minute you're calm and the next minute, you know, you're flipping out about something that that's, that has triggered you. And one thing that I do in movement is I, I help them, basically feel like the acceleration from zero to 60. And not only that, but then like once they reach that 60 point, they, they can also start moving gradually slower too. And this is just like one little exercise where they're like, whoa, there's all this like in between space that I never get, like I never get to, I'm always just reacting. And so when you start to 
to do that in your body. You can one like one client was just updating me this morning where she, she really, she was reacting all the time with her husband, with her mom and her kids. And she was just celebrating a little bit because she, she said, I, I felt this anger coming up with my husband, but I didn't like, I, I could feel that in my body, but I didn't react to it. And she was also sharing that her, uh, her two-year-old was having a full-blown tantrum and so sad. And she's like, I was just holding her, but I wasn't like getting so enmeshed and lost and deeply like in that, like she could be that strength that was holding her and she could empathize without crossing that line into like, I'm going down into the hole with you. And that's, that's essentially what, you know, we need as parents, right? And, and also what we need to be as partners sometimes when our partner is going through a rough time. Um, if, uh, if we make, if we always just go down the hole, like my partner's upset, now I'm upset, I'm making it about me, but it's really like, I, what about them? Like I can hold them better if I have a stronger regulated nervous system that can help them regulate. Mm. Yeah. Do you have, I was going to say, do you have any thoughts for if someone's listening and they're like, oh yeah, that's totally me. I go zero to 60 and no time flat. You know, I'm sure there's something that's going on that I haven't processed. Like, is there anything that people can do at home if they find that that's something that, uh, is happening with them? Yeah. And it's a hard question to answer because every like everybody stores trauma differently and the way that they need to access and release it and express it through their body will always look differently as well um so like some people do need to open up and take space whereas someone else might need to like uh you know regulate that that openness and like that (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I don't know if people are going to see this video, but I'm just like pouncing like yeah. an animal and like bring that down again without shutting it down. And so it's, it's really hard to say like, what can you do specifically? Cause it's so unique to each person, but you know, as a first step for, for anyone is, is like the necessary connection, like safe connection to your body. Um, and even that in itself can be really hard because, um, you know, people will go to even like people will go to a yoga class or a dance class and, um, I've got nothing against either of those and actually love those as hobbies. But when you're, when you do have trauma stored in your body and you start moving your body in a, a certain way, like maybe even in a new way, it is going to inevitably stir up the trauma that is stored inside. And so if you're in a dance class or if you're on your yoga mat amongst like all these other people and this is happening, like that, that's you know, not a supported place necessarily for you to be if, if that is happening. Um, and it's really important to, to do like the, the core of the work in a therapeutic relationship, um, in a safe therapeutic relationship, because with, the, this whole, the whole reason why these reactions are happening, why the, the, these triggers are happening is because you don't feel safe and that's causing you to go into that fight, flight, freeze, shut down. So the safety of being in your body and 
um, within that therapeutic relationship is, is really what's needed to, to do, like, to really fully release in a way that's going to last. Well, if I, th- if you think about just a very natural tendency, you said you were talking with your, one of your clients about the two-year-old throwing a tantrum. Like, um, if you think about just your children, like, movement is a very natural part of processing emotion. Like whether it's stomping up and down the stairs, slamming the door, throwing yourself dramatically on the bed, you know, whatever it is, like, I feel like processing emotions, especially big emotions like that is it's natural. You said one of your other clients was like saying like, Oh, like I throw plates or something like that. I throw things. And it's like, that's a natural way that your body has like some go-to is like these big movements or something like that. So it kind of makes sense. And we learn as children, like, don't do that. That's not okay. You know, um, you know, growing up in, you know, unsafe or maybe unhealthy homes, they never have the, you know, it's, it's awesome even when children have this opportunity and freedom to like stomp their feet when they're mad. Right. But like, I know in my home and in a lot of our clients' homes, like that was not allowed. Like you show that and there's a range of things, right. You're in trouble or you get something taken away or even worse, you get hit or abused in some sort of way for even showing emotion. And, and that is like such a good point that you bring up because this freedom to express yourself for many people who even have trauma like in past marriages and maybe don't even know how far back it goes um you know it often starts at a really young age where whatever you were feeling was shut down and you don't feel safe to express that that anger that frustration and so that's why a lot of times it comes out in this either this explosive anger this fight response or just, I'm just going to keep quiet and keep the peace. And there's this freeze response that also really creates a lot of disconnection mm-hmm. and um, can cause, you know, marriage to fall apart is like when you're just totally not, not yeah. speaking up about anything and you're quiet. So you really like lose a sense of not just being a child, but having the freedom to express yourself, which so gets in the way of having healthy relationships later in life so you you mentioned like someone having a a particular place a neck or shoulder or something like that where they're they have tend to have tension or tend to have pain is that something that like if if i'm at this place where i'm going i'm doing my doing some work i'm working with my coach working with a counselor doing the doing some of that and i go you know what i I think i want to explore this movement uh therapy with areet like, do we, I just show up and, and you like, look at me and go, okay, I can tell by the way your hair is parted. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm making kind of a joke, but, but it's not like, yeah. cause I know we have some friends who are, who are somatic experiencing coaches who are, who are trained very thoroughly in that. And Sarah can kind of do that. Like she'll, you'll walk up to her and she'll kind of go, huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it, it's not quite like that. Um, it is like I was saying before, like a lot of the foundational work is done in the relationship. So, right. It's like that initial session, if we're mirroring again, I'll bring that example is 
if you aren't, you know, if it's your turn to lead me in a movement and I'm mirroring you and you are like really just concerned in your mind, like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Or you're not really moving or expressing yourself authentically because you feel the need to perform or accommodate because, well, I'm mirroring you and I, you know, I've kind of got to do your movements. So all you're concerned about is like, okay, I'm going to make these easy or slow or whatever. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm sacrificing or abandoning my true expression to yeah. please you or accommodate you. So it's like, it's more of that kind of stuff that will come out in the movement exploration within the relationship versus me being like, oh, I'm seeing you and you like the way that you're standing yeah. um, says this. Although if there's, you know, even if, even if we're like a bit in the verbal space and all of a sudden your body has a certain movement or reaction while we're talking about something that's absolutely something that will bring up and be like what you know wait hold on what just happened there like you know and and explore that it's so interesting i wonder if uh so i spoke at the beginning about like i feel like just this whole pandemic thing is traumatic and you know our children someday will process this is there anything that you know that in the moment like if you're like dang there's something traumatic happening right now with me or with my kid or whatever is there any way to like not have it stored in your body for the whole rest of your life is there something proactive that movement wise that you can do in the moment or in the week or the month or whatever that it's happening. Yeah. And I like, first of all, with what's going on right now, it's triggering so much past trauma for a lot of people. Like it's not just what we're going through now, but it's, you know, whether you're stuck at home with your partner and like there's stuff coming up because of that or, yeah, making a really important decision for your kids. Um, it really, you know, that answer, I'm, again, I'm like giving a vague answer here because it's like how, like how much trauma is really coming out? How much of that is because of what's happening just right now? And how much is it is that's getting triggered from the past? Um, so there's that. And is, is there any way for it to not be stored yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I'm specifically wondering for my kids, like they're little, so they haven't had a lot of trauma in their life so far. Wow. Um, they've had, you know, <laughs> you, you know, they're, they're just little that they, they have a relatively clean slate. And so, you know, not being able to see your friends for a half a year and not, you know, being able to be in your school or go on a vacation that you wanted to or whatever, like all of it seems very, you know, you know, and you're not supposed to smile at strangers. You have to wear a mask, you know, all this stuff. Um, I just want to know if there's a way that you can start moving through it now. For sure. Yeah. And I think in the example of if, like your kids where they haven't gone through any you know, through any big traumas or anything. And it's like, this is just a very stressful time, like, mm -hmm. you know, and putting a lot of stress into their life and routine is, yeah, yeah I, I think just allowing them the space to express, I think what you're, you've already said before, right? It's like, 
if they're upset, they can stomp their feet or if they're having a certain emotion, like they can, they can show that with their bodies and because it is a hard time and they do need like that, even though I know this is like so exhausting for at least the parents that I'm, I'm working with and that I've been talking to is like, they're holding it all together, like for the last four months or so. And I know that's so hard for all you guys um, to hold it all together. Um, but, but that's also what they need as well is to, like as parents to hold that space, to be that strong, regulated, have that strong regulated nervous system because we as human beings, we co-regulate. So if you are, if you're feeling calm and you have like a calm presence and you can hold that, that's going to help them feel calm. If, if like any parents are getting in a really like stressed, like chronically stressed state or the marriage isn't strong and there's stuff going on there, like anytime you're dysregulated and, and anxious, they're going to feel that too. And that's totally normal. And I think healthy when that's happening, you know, um, at, at a, to an extent, right? Like it's healthy for us to feel a little anxiety and to, to see that our parents are, you know, going through something and coping with it and seeing how they cope with it. But if it's happening every day and in a more extreme way, um, then they're going to dysregulate with you. Mm -hmm. So the just short answer is really like, I think it's so important. I know you asked about the kids, but for the parents to take care of themselves and to, to also connect to their bodies and tap into that. And um, it's not dance therapy, but you can create spaces in your home to put on music and just like, mm -hmm. I don't know, see what comes up and play. Play is really important. And it's, a huge part of the trauma work. A lot of people will be like, a lot of people by the time they come to, to work with us are like, I have no idea how to play. Um, my partner is always like, why are you so serious? And, and like, mm. they feel really serious and on guard and they have not been able to let go and play. And it is a common symptom of trauma. And it's also a common thing to be like, I'll play and have fun once I'm healed. Like, I'll, I'll allow that for myself once I'm healed, but the play is crucial to the healing. It's, mm. um, it's shown to strengthen your vagus nerve, which helps you basically strengthen a certain muscle to, to rewire your nervous system. So we need that. So yeah. I would say play, play, play <laughs> have dance parties, you know, all that kind of stuff. And let's not Aaron, get wrapped up in all the seriousness. Um, Ori, it's been so great having this conversation with you. I just want to know for our listeners um, wanting to find a little bit more about what you're up to and what you're doing, how can we find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you want to learn more about how this could potentially help you heal your own trauma and rewire your nervous system and create a healthier relationship um, and relationships, then I have a free training. It's called Wired for Love. And it's a three-part video training where you'll learn how you can do that and how you can shift from this place of being in fear and, and overprotected, overprotective of yourself into a place of just 
being able to let in love. And it comes with a downloadable, free downloadable workbook where you can apply that to your personal history of trauma and your relationships. And that's at wiredforlovetherapy.com. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. That sounds like a great, great resource. And so we will all uh, hopefully take advantage of that. All right, Orit Krug, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome talking to you. And now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. All right, here is your conversation starter question. Okay, so not everyone is going to be able to do dance therapy with Orit. But what is one way you'd like to incorporate movement into your relationship? Mm. I love this because I think we can get stuck in doing yeah. Nothing. <laughs> sure. Or just the same old stuff. And it doesn't really involve movement. And so that can really activate your brain, your heart. Well, I love the idea. And I was thinking about this, um, especially right now in September 2020, seven months into a pandemic, there's a lot of caginess. Mm, so there's true. a lot of feeling cooped up and cagey and everything. And it's and stuck easy. like it's never yeah. going to end. <laughs> and it's really easy to sink into Netflix, to sink into just doing nothing. Yeah. And letting that feeling build up. Like this morning I was ha- struggling with some anxiety. And it's anxiety is in a way energy, emotional energy that, that's trying to get out, trying to mm-hmm. move and mm-hmm. it can't find, can't find a way to get it out. So whether it's exercise or going for a run or going for a hike in the woods or dancing, whatever it is, using something to to physically engage again yeah. can really help. I like it. With the current ongoing complex trauma that we're going through right now, <laughs> as well as as a, a you know post traumatic uh, therapeutic yeah. model. Yeah, and it's super fun. Yeah, and do something new. All right. And don't forget, you guys, this is a really great opportunity for y'all. And it's totally free. The Roommates to Soulmates 5-Day Marriage Challenge. If you want to grab your spot, head over to soulmateschallenge.com. It's going to be fun, transformational. And you're going to find a tribe of people just like you who are deeply committed to living a legendary marriage. All right. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, mm-hmm. if you've ever gotten any value from listening, then here are three easy ways to share the love. Ooh, Number one, love. leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts love or it. wherever you're listening because mm-hmm. we're all over the place. Those reviews help out tremendously. They help couples find us, which means they get to listen too. And share an episode with a friend. Yeah. Maybe you it's... tap that little three dots on your app. Yeah. And there's a there's a share option. There. And also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and all those fun socials. We yes. would love to see you there. That's it's, it. We are at Legendary Marriages in all the places. All right, you guys, that's it for today's show. This, this is, is Danielle and Justin <laughs> reminding let's you. Let's say it. Let's say it together, honey. Oh, no, no. Come, come on. on. Ready? Don't settle for, for an ordinary, ordinary marriage. marriage. Make, Make yours legendary. Come on. It's too corny that way. All right. Let's do it regular. All right. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you. Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.